Hey you guys and welcome to today's episode of the Anti-Diet Lifestyle. Today's a good one because I'm finally having my first podcast interview. I know, it's it's official, I'm finally an interviewer. <laughs> um, I have been very, very particular about the people that I collaborate with, mainly because I want the people that come on to evoke some kind of emotion out of you. And I don't want people just for the sake of content, right? So it's really important that anybody that I choose to bring on this platform is going to leave you feeling encouraged motivated and simply even just letting you feel like you're not alone during the process that you get a little security knowing that there are other people going through the same struggles that you are going through so when I select someone I want their energy to be pure I want it to be positive and I want it to be uplifting for anybody who is struggling and thinking to themselves that they can't do something and that's why I'm really excited about today's guest Janine Gates, I found her through a Facebook group, and when I started following her on Instagram, I knew instantly that her energy and her vibe was everything I needed on this podcast. She prides herself in living her best life unapologetically on social media. She grew up being a people pleaser, she lacked boundaries, and she lacked the confidence in her own body. When she was like 10 years old, that's when she started hating her body for the first time, and she dieted for years after that. And eventually she knew that she just needed to do better for her life if she wanted a better life to cure any and all illnesses within her body. Today, Janine is living her healthiest and best life by eating the foods that really nourish her while she's training for her very first half marathon and while coaching other women of faith to break generational curses and live the life that you truly desire. She really is a complete cheerleader for other women and I'm so happy to see her here today. All right guys, let's jump into today's episode. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her too. Welcome to the Anti-Diet Lifestyle, where changing your body starts with changing your mind. So let's start today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, so you and me connected um, via Facebook and we were like trying to, um, I think I posted, you know, asking for people who are interested in um, connecting for a podcast episode. I talk all about the anti-dieting lifestyle. I'm really big on mindset. And I think what I gravitated towards with you is I looked at your Instagram and I was like, wow, this girl is like super motivational. She's always talking about how she like, you know, stands up for herself and she is just she just evokes a lot of that confidence that I want to embody myself, but I also want everybody else to hear more of. So why don't you tell us, like, first and foremost, like, how did you even get into coaching women? Like, what is it that you do? And paint us a little bit of a backstory there. Yes, thank you for all those compliments. I feel great because if you... Uh, if you knew where I came from, you'd be like, whoa, this girl is the shit. Um, and I mean that humbly and respectfully. So to paint you a little picture, I think it's very important to go back to like me being a people pleaser, lacking boundaries and complete confidence. Um, I was just raised, it was interesting. I had a very interesting family dynamic. I grew up in foster care. So I had three different families learning from three different family cultures and how to be. But what was in a reoccurring theme was that children didn't have much of a say and you do as you're told. 
And that within itself creates a people pleaser because you grow up thinking you have to continue to please adults because no one's telling you, oh, at 18, now you have a say. And like, how does that work? So I just lacked confidence the first time I learned to hate my body was when my foster sister at 10 years old, when I was 10 years old, told me, and she was grown, but told me that my thighs were too big. I had never known anybody comments previously and so I continue to go through this life of just lacking boundaries and a people pleaser and confidence. And what was a turning point for me was I got into some legal trouble with my biological mother. She threw me under the bus um, and I participated in this situation Then I got out of it and she continued to do what she was doing. But long story short, my mugshot was all over the internet. And as someone who I was also a goody two shoes at the time. So if I'm this person where I have this best, the great reputation, but I'm also a people pleaser, I also lack boundaries and lack confidence. It just hit all at once that I had to get it together if I truly want to live a life I desire and I want to break generational curses. And that was a wake up call for me. And from that moment on, I started to learn who I was, what I wanted for my life. How do I live this healthy life with myself? And how do I love my body? And how do I learn how to say no and enforce my boundaries? And that was the hardest thing I've ever endured, but also the most transformational and something that's common for people who have similar backgrounds to me, you're trying to break generational curses, you see a lot of stuff you shouldn't see and family crap that just should not be in an existence. And it taught me how to show up for myself and how do I walk in integrity? How do I love who I am? I have one life and I cannot go around with this one life hating it. Um, that's, that's a life of, that's not colorful. It's like essentially you're dead, just walking and being here another day, but you're not, it's not fulfilled. And having a public criminal record is what altered me completely. And I had to get it together. Wow. So I did not know that, like all of that, that's, that's a lot to tackle. Um, especially as like a young person, how did you decide, like, did you have any support from anybody else, maybe outside of the family that could guide you through this or what strategies did you take? to just kind of like ch just change your life around because no matter if you're talking about a life um like with your background in that or you know even something as simple or it's not simple actually but like the mindset part of just like changing the way you've always thought because that's just always how it's been no one's been there mm -hmm. to tell us differently no one's you know especially financially like we not everybody can go to therapy and have someone else tell them this stuff it's around it's about your circle and who you surround yourself with right so Absolutely. Um, i'm a really big proponent on you know sp spreading that message out there and having people to support you just because we can't do it alone so what did that look mm -hmm. like so I, I appreciate that because I always tell my clients and anyone that spends some time on my Instagram, I'm trying to get you before you hit rock bottom. I don't want you to see what I saw. And I, we all have our rock bottom and I pray that it's never the criminal record or criminal system. For me, um, I spent majority of this time alone. Um, I was, first of all, I thought I was innocent. I mean, I was the very smart, but also very dumb in this situation because, you know, they always tell you when you're having someone with the legal system come talk to you, they always say, don't talk to them unless you have a lawyer. Well, I 
didn't have a lawyer and I was telling everything because I had nothing to hide. I didn't sign documents. I didn't do all these things that I was being, um, that I was being accused of. I didn't do it. So I had nothing to hide. And I was very honest in that time. And I remember my foster mother calling me and was like, hey, an investigator came by the house. What's going on? I was like, oh, it's fine. I got it handled. But I really didn't have it handled. And I didn't know that things were going to be as bad as they were until my I had a warrant for my arrest and that's when I was like oh no this is real like you're going to be in trouble and so when that came out I remember being in college and it was a very tough time for me I was living in two different worlds part of me was figuring out how do I suicide and another part was like god please help me if you give me a second chance I promise you I'll praise your name and um I was one day was raining and it was like it was March and it was very rainy on campus and I uh, text two people. One was my godmother and I said, how do you know when God forgives you? And the second one is end up being another foster mother who ended up adopting me. And I said, I need to talk to you. I'm, in a, I'm not doing well or something like that. And I don't remember sending that text message at all. And when she called me, I said, oh, we'll talk when I get home. And when I got home, my adopted mom was the person I leaned on heavily to help me get through this. And like you said, your environment matters a lot. And I am so thankful that I started working when I was 14 years old in government. And I had people who saw me work my tail off and knew that I was a woman of integrity and a woman worth hiring. So when I was going through this legal situation, uh, which I was 18, 19 when it happened, I had a boss when I was 14 years old that still let me work for him because he knew that I was not who this system was painting me to be. So I totally agree, like who you surround yourself with is, it's vital, it, it makes or break you. And I had people who truly saw me um, and wanted me to be successful. And while these were all professional people, my adopted mom, I didn't have the friends there yet, but I ended up getting friends who were around and were able to see me thrive and help me thrive. Well, it's probably better. I mean, a lot of the time you hear about some of sometimes the friends that you had prior to, um, and not that you had any, it wasn't your fault necessarily, but sometimes you need a new circle of people who are going to surround you that are part of the new chapter of your life. Um, something I'm really big on is the entire idea of self-love because you mentioned I mean, being, you know, not being confident in the way you look and growing up with that mentality, it's almost as if we feel like we deserve the things that are happening to us, or at least I see that a lot with clients where it's like, they don't try to be their best. They always hope and wish, and well, it'd be nice if I was like that, but I've always been this way. And they just don't, they almost have like no hope unless someone is there telling them, like, hey, it's been, it's possible. You can get out of this. A lot of it is coming down to, you have to believe in the fact that you can do it and shift that identity within yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it looks like you obviously had someone who was a really supportive, you know, system for you during that time. But how did you feel like just growing up from the confidence aspect with your, did you say it was your sister, your cousin, or who was it? That told My you foster you? sister foster sister said like you had big thighs and like obviously that's not good to hear and obviously mm -hmm. <laughs> when, especially when you're young you're impressionable and that kind of stuff can carry forever like I also mm -hmm. was like I mean I was 
every size you can imagine. And I didn't have that growing up, that knowledge. I mean, I was just a kid. I was like just eating stuff or whatever. And I was always the big one out of my friend group. I always felt insecure, not confident at all. And I didn't get until like way later where I was like, okay, I need to, you know, be more active. And it was honestly like little things that had to shift in my diet, but it's not like, you know, that when you're like 10 years old, so half the time you're not thinking, Hey, I got to get out of this. You just hear all the people are bullying me. And you know, like I had that experience myself. So tell me about that. How did your childhood look like? So I am very thankful that the foundation of my childhood was very strong in the sense of healthy eating. And um, I don't want to, my biological mother was very neutral in my body and the way I looked. Like, I don't ever recall her telling me I'm beautiful, but she never said I was ugly. She never said I was fat. She never made a comment about my body or how much I ate. She was very... um, careful with how much we ate in the sense of overeating she wanted us to listen to our bodies and she felt us well-balanced meals like I don't have many memories as a child from zero to ten going out to eat that wasn't something we did which I appreciate because it's I think when your foundation is that strong and you may go away from it you still have that foundation to go back to it so even though I had that um, type of family tradition of healthy eating and being a healthy person outside the home, I knew that I was different and maybe not the cutest in um, outside of my family. Like I'm, I'm a dark skin woman that has always been bigger. I have not always been fat, but I've always been a bigger person. And so on the playground, when like boys were showing interest in girls, I was never picked. Um, and I always had, um, friends who were picked and the friends that were picked were the skinnier and lighter skin women even if they were black they were definitely lighter skin women and so then I kind of knew like hmm, that's quite interesting and what allowed me what made me know that being a dark-skinned woman wasn't the it thing then for some people was when a friend told me that um a friend didn't know I was on the phone but she's like yeah the really really dark girl um, and I was like, hmm, that's, that's just an interesting description for people. So definitely early on, like even this is before I even got the comments about my thighs being big. I just knew then that my skin color um, for society may have been too dark and I may be too fat for some people. And so that started me wondering what was about me that was not popular and then when I went and had that comment 10 years old, and then when I was 14 years old, that's when I first started my first diet. And at the time, my foster mother said, you know, you would be prettier if you lost weight. Um, and then I joined Weight Watchers and I wasn't losing weight on Weight Watchers. And I'm not a big fan of Weight Watchers unless it's changed. But when I was doing it, that weighing in in front of people and I was shamed because I wasn't losing weight, which why the hell do you let a 14 year old do your program in the first place? Like we should not be Girl, allowing I kids did it to- too. I did Weight Watchers it's... when I was a teenager. Yeah. How is that? How is that legal? How is that legal that a kid can do your program? Yeah, it should not be allowed. It shouldn't. It should be all about teaching like a positive relationship with food, not weighing yourself, especially in front of people. And then not even that, I don't, I didn't do all of that. I honestly, I think I did it when it was like online, but all I remember the colors and I remember like having the list of, I should be eating this and I can't be eating this. And I I definitely remember that. (laughs) Nope. I can tell you, I remember going to the location 
at group, I can tell you where the building is. I remember going in, we had these group meetings, we had to talk about the struggles for the week, the treats you can have. But I say all that to say that slowly but surely, it was just creating this very toxic system with me, food. Um, and I, I didn't grow up playing sports, so it was, fitness was not a huge part of my journey anyway. And so um, I remember turning like from like 14 up, I turned to a closet eater. And so I, I've always been a meat eater. And because I was teased and I was monitored within my family about my food, I would just eat in the closet. When people went to bed, I would get more food. And what's unfortunate is that you see food is missing. So we should be asking our kids, are you okay? And instead of that being part of the pro- part of the conversations at home, it was just, I was getting bigger. Um, and it wasn't really until I had a failed weight loss surgery. Um, I have a, con- a condition that causes weight gain and some other things. That I thought this surgery would help me. And it wasn't until the failed surgery, I was like, girl, aren't you tired of dieting? Aren't you tired of beating your body up? Aren't you tired of saying you can't have this or that because it's unhealthy? You're going to gain weight. Like, isn't there a different way to live? Do you think you were created to always be on a diet and telling your body she's not worthy? I mean, you have, we have one body that does a lot for us. When we are in um, a, tra- a state of trauma, our body is literally fighting for us to be healthy. That's a lot. And so why take your body through more unnecessary bullshit. Um, And so that to me was a wake up call. And I was 27 ish when this happened. I was like, okay, I'm not dieting anymore. I'm going to go on the self love journey. Yes, I want to be smaller. That might not be my story. How do I love what I have now? How do I feel good in my body? And what has helped me a lot because I'm I'm not the smallest I've ever been in my adult life, but I feel the healthiest I've ever been in my adult life. I am like about 270 pounds currently, and the smallest I've ever been in was 994. But with 270 pounds, your girl is running three times a week. I go to Orange Theory and I kill it. And I, the biggest thing for me within my body is that I had to get rid of the inflammation. And for me, no flour, no sugar works for me and gives me the healthiest body. But I just, I've, been so fortunate to realize that it's not the number on the scale that makes you healthy. And I get when you go to the doctors and when you step on the scale and you have that fancy scale with the app that tells you you have this percentage of body fat or whatever, you feel like you're obese or you feel like you're not healthy according to that standard. But truly, how do you feel? I love that I can get up off the floor and I have no aches and pains. I love that I can run on my feet three times a week and my feet or my body doesn't hurt. I love that I can go to Orange Theory and crush it and I don't have any joint pain. It works for me. At 270 pounds, this body works for me. Now, I still am on a journey to lose weight, but I'm not here chasing a number. I'm not here starving myself. I'm not a closet eater because I don't have to be that. I do believe that people can lose weight and be healthy at the same time. Um, and that losing weight is a, is a lifelong journey. I'm on a life journey. I'm not on a diet. And that has boosted my confidence so much. I was just telling um, a friend of mine today, I cannot wait to be for the summertime to be in all the crop tops. My middle name is going to be crop top Janine. Um, and I am just proud of me because I'm, I'm fat and I am proud. And I want every person, no matter what size you are, to be proud in the body you have. And if you're having like aches and pain, get the inflammation out and enjoy it because inflammation is what has made me feel so unhealthy and so out of whack and just not my best. And 
-hmm. again, like I, I think it's so amazing that I can say that I'm 270 pounds and I feel the healthiest I've ever felt. Like that to me is a testimony within itself. And I want everyone to feel if you're 110 pounds or if you're 350 pounds, can you feel your healthiest? And if you can, don't worry about that number on the scale. If you don't feel your healthiest, what can you do to feel your healthiest? No, I love that. And one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is the fact that you are so motivating about your running journey. Cause it's not easy, like at all to start running when you've never no. ran before. And let's be honest, it is also a challenge when, you know, like, I mean, if you're doing like, I think you mentioned you're doing a couch to five or not five K couch to half marathon or whatever it is like going from nothing to full force takes a lot of energy and a lot of stamina and endurance. And I think a lot of us chase this. We chase a number on the scale. We some, for some reason, we think skinnier people are just more healthy, but let me tell you what really drives your health is your energy levels, your labs. Like if your lab results show that you are okay, like you don't have like high cholesterol and high this and that, and you're able to be the best, like in your day-to-day -day life with no pain, those are the things that should be mile markers that we celebrate, not like what the scale says. And I see that a lot. I have a lot of clients that get really frustrated with me or not with me, but like on this journey with me. And they're like, I'm eating healthy. I'm working out three times a week. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, how's your sleep level? Are you sleeping right? Are you eating things you also enjoy and not adding more stress and anxiety to your life because of this? Because that ends up being more unhealthy. If you're just constantly anxious because you're like, oh, I can't go out with my friends. I can't do this. I can't do that. And one of the big things with my clients, I'm always like, take the word can't out of your vocabulary. You can do anything that you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. And we just need to change the conversation on what progress what we're looking at for progress, because I, the scale will show a few things every now and then, but to be honest, the BMI is a lie. <laughs> Even the biggest <laughs> bodybuilders in the world, like they have all this muscle, guess what? They're considered unhealthy by a doctor's standards when they step on a scale because their BMI is too high. Mm. That in perspective, like this guy's a bodybuilder, you would think, oh, wow, that's the signal of health. And then a mm -hmm. doctor's going to tell you that's not healthy. So I think it's a spectrum and it's like, there's no one, I think what happens in your day-to-day -day, if you're sleeping, your stress, your lab results are okay. And there's not like some significant inflammation and pain and you're doing fine. You're doing good. And it should be a lifelong process that we are just inching our way every day, doing a little bit every single day to be the best person that we can be rather than being put down on or putting ourselves down because we can't reach the stupid number that you set up. Like a lot of people are like, I want to be 120 pounds. Where did that number come from? I don't know. Yep. Somewhere in society along the way, someone said that a woman is supposed to be like 120 pounds. And that was just the standard number. And I was just like, it's ridiculous. So I'd rather you look at how you feel and all of that. So I a hundred percent agree with everything you're saying. And I love that. Um, can I, can you walk me through like this whole running thing? Tell me about your half marathon. I mean, I just did one in February, so I've been talking about it a lot Ooh. on my socials. <laughs> so tell me, where are you at in the journey? What's going on? How are you feeling? Yeah. So this year, my goal is to be the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And I started this in January and I have done every month I have done some little, I shouldn't call it a little, but I've done some goal that is going to stretch me mentally. And part of it is 
not only do I want to be the healthiest, but I want to be a successful business owner. And I think one thing about business is your mindset. And it's one of the things that will make or break you. It's one of the things that will help you continue on with your business or not. And I was like, you need to be mentally challenged constantly so you don't get uncomfortable not being challenged. And so it started as a mental thing for me. Plus, I wanted to like be healthy. So I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be a runner. I have not put any effort into it. It's always been that I wish I can have this, but I'm not going to do anything for it. And finally, I was telling myself, let's go for it. Let's do it. And so I try to get a group of people to do it with me. I am big on this is your life, your rules. You have to be the biggest cheerleader for yourself. If you want something, you go for it. So I say that to say, I asked other women to join me on this running journey. Three other women said yes. How many women do you think joined me? Well, None. I haven't heard about any of them, so. <laughs> None. I always see you. It's been me by myself. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I really want them to join me. I was like, you want this more than they want this. Go for it. And so I have used Google for everything. What, what are the best shoes? What's the best way to eat for um, being a runner? How do you increase your speed? How do you make sure you don't have any injuries? I have attended other, um, another gym quite a bit and I kept getting injured and I didn't want any injuries. That's not part of the healthiest lifestyle for me. And at first it was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was so fun. It was so motivating. Oh, I can run a minute at a time. I can do five. I can do seven minutes. And each time I, I ran, I could brag because I was running longer. Well, once we started getting to that 12 minute mark, I said, I'm not enjoying this anymore. This is hard. And for me, it was time for, because motivation comes and go. And it was like, how do you tap onto discipline? This is where the mindset is coming in. Can you do it? And so my goal has, at first I was working on speed and each time I focused on speed, I was, I felt pain and I was like, okay, your, your form is being compromised when I focus on speed. So I started just, you don't stop running during an interval. You don't stop running. And so I was running yesterday and I was, I was at two 20 minute running inter intervals and I was like, oh my God, it's getting hard. I'm at the 17 mark. Can you do three more minutes before your walking interval? And I said, whatever you do, you don't stop running. And so I just tell myself mentally, you can keep going. You can do this, Janine. You're the baddest on your block. I do all these positive affirmations to keep myself going. And sometimes I listen to music, sometimes to the podcast, sometimes praying. I do whatever it is I need to do to continue to run. And what is, I don't want to say what's keeping me running, but what's definitely influencing my journey is I signed up for a 10K early on. So I signed up for this 10K that's actually like a month and a week away. And then I said, you know, you said your sweet spot is actually uh, 10 miles, which there's no 10 mile run. So it's a half marathon. I said, send it for the half marathon. So um, halfway through my training for the 10K, I signed up for a half a marathon and I've already downloaded the app because when you pay for something, you have more skin in the game. That's why I don't like anything for free. I don't like giving away things for free. I don't like receiving anything for free. We just don't respect things for free. And when it comes out of your pocket and you realize you had to spend $80 on this race, actually, I think it was like 100 which I'm like, I'm paying you $100 for a race? Whoa, I am not giving up. And I it look forward charity. to the race day. <laughs> it is for charity. You are correct. It is for charity. I'm not, I will, yes, I appreciate that. Um, 
which I don't even know where the charities these are going to because I don't remember reading about that, but that's yeah. beside the point. But it has kept me on schedule. I have not missed a run day since I've started. I had to alter a run day, but I have consistently for, I think I'm on week 11, ran for three times a week. And I love it. I feel so much better afterwards. And what I love about the program that I'm doing is you see improvements in your body rather quickly. I can't believe it, but it is a full body workout, but just endurance. We, a lot of humans lack endurance and I have quite a bit of endurance and I see how much mentally I'm stronger and how I show up in my business a lot better because I, I know that mentally I can do whatever I put my mind to. I literally make or break a run based on what I tell myself I can and cannot do. So tell me about that when there's a, a tough moment, like let's say, I don't know, are you running in the mornings or in the evenings after work? So, or does it matter? Twice a week. It varies. It varies depending on my schedule. So if you, let's say you had a hard day of work and you come home and you're like, well, I had this on the calendar. I got to do a, you know, 20 minute run and you don't want to do it or you feel super stressed. How do you get yourself to put those shoes on and head out the door? So my thing is habit stacking is very important. On Wednesdays, I run um, right after work and I work 10 hour days um, and I'm gone out of the house like almost 11 or 11 and a half. And so my thing is, as soon as I get in the home, I don't talk to anybody in my house. I change and I run. Now I have a 30 minute commute. So I have a lot of time to mentally prepare or mentally say, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do this. And lately it's been a combination of both. Oh, I don't want to do this. Can you switch it to Thursday? Can you switch it to whatever day? And for me, it's, if you can't show up for yourself, how do you show up for work? How do you show up for anybody else? And how do you expect your community to show up for you? And so for me, it was, I really want this for myself. I want to be my best self. So how do I get out there? And when I'm in that mood, it's how do I already start the music that's going to pump me up? How do I get out of my brain? How do I get out of this nasty mindset and get into a mindset that's going to at least put me on track to run? And when I'm also in those states, I always say, I start my run with a goal. Is the goal just to finish today or is the goal to go hard? What do you want to do based on where you are mentally? And for me, it's always been, okay, I'm just going to run. I'm not going to focus on anything but running. And then I start putting my, I have a, um, a playlist, a running playlist. So I put the playlist on and I go hard because that playlist is good and I feel good and I get lost in whatever I'm doing. Um, I tend to find Saturdays are a little harder for me to run. There's days I want to run, but it's, I have a lot of flexibility when I run. And so I can get kind of, a little, I let the day go on and it's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. You still need to do that run. When are you going to do it? When I'm in that situation, that's when I'm like, maybe you should just run tomorrow morning. And for me, I schedule it on my phone. I say, okay, what time are you going to do this run? You have to commit to it. So what do you want to do beforehand? Or do you want to just go now? And I think it's making the commitment to yourself. What also keeps me going and not giving up on my run is that I talk about my run every time on social media. So people already know I'm running three times a week. If I don't post about it, what did you do, sis? So that has helped me stay accountable. But just know that whatever you do, whether it, it's your fitness, it's eating, it's starting your business, it's going to hang out with friends, whatever it is, you're not going to always want to do that. But you made this promise to yourself. So how do you show up for yourself? And know that every time that you don't want to do it and you do it, you feel good afterwards. Every time that I've ran, I have felt great afterwards. And so keep doing it.
I love that because I will say that's the biggest question I get. How do I, how do you stay motivated? And I'm like, you don't, you just don't, you find strategies. So, and what I'm hearing, let me repeat all this. You work 60 hours a week. You also have a 30 minute commute where you're trying to, you have enough time to convince yourself to back out of something. And through all of that, you're still saying, hey, I've already set it up in my calendar. If that fails me and I just convince myself not to follow the calendar, I post about it on social media so other people know that I'm flaking on myself and you don't want to be known as like the person who's flaking on yourself, right? And then the other thing is just like the, well, the positive affirmations, the music, having something that drives energy. Like that's so important when you're doing some, do something fun. Like that's what I always say. If with habit stacking, if that's a really big concept where, you know, you just want to make sure that you do something you enjoy while you're doing something else that you don't enjoy so much. If running, mm -hmm. you don't enjoy, find a podcast that you love. Make sure you only listen to that podcast during that time or something like that, like little strategies like that. So um, I love those ideas because I think sometimes hearing from other people who also have that exact same, like, I don't, I think sometimes people think that like, personal trainers and stuff like we're always motivated and excited to like go to the gym and do things and I'm like girl let me tell you that half marathon I had COVID in the middle of that we had Thanksgiving Ooh. Christmas we my birthday there was like a lot of things that stopped me in the middle of that where I could have just been like you know like maybe this isn't for me but I still showed up because I uh -huh. promised and I made that commitment um so we're all in that same struggle and we just have to find what works for us to make everything a little bit smoother and just more exciting every time, you know? So, um, I love that. So I think that you shared a lot of really good nuggets here and, um, I don't want to keep you too long. So why don't we go, uh, if you can tell me a little bit about your business, how you help women and where can people find you and what, what kind of stuff you help them with? Yeah. I want to um, say one other thing before we get into that is that what you're building is consistency in your life. And once you have this habit of consistency with a goal, it transforms your entire life. We have a hard time being consistent and we're being pulled in so many directions. So I don't want you to think, oh, I'm not a consistent person. It's my fault. The world is literally pulling you in so many different directions, but you're building the stamina to do whatever comes your comes your way like you're going to always have something come your way that's going to take you off the goal and the question is what's the priority and for me trans like transitioning to your um, question the priority is you I tell my clients all the time you are the priority in your life if you cannot do for you then you cannot do for other people we don't fill up we fill up our cup first and then we help we don't help for a half empty or half full cup and so I'm a mindset coach I help women break generational curses and live the life they desire and gener curse, generational curses are things that have been happening in your family for generations that you don't appreciate so for me it's teenage pregnancy is drug and alcohol addiction it's lack of education it's paycheck to paycheck living and I didn't from the time I was 10 years old I knew that I was not going to live like that I wrote a paper in elementary school about the life I wanted and I Today, I'm not living that life, but I'm very close to that life. It's like a kid, some two kids and a husband. I don't have that quite yet. Um, however, I have a group coaching program where I teach different lessons about setting and enforcing your boundaries. How do you set them when people are giving you um, 
pushback? How do you show up confidently? How do you live the life you desire? What does positive affirmations look like? What does a daily routine look like? And so I talk about all of that in a, a group coaching program. And the goal is for you to live the life you desire. What I realize is when people break generational curses, they chase the breaking, even if it doesn't truly give them the life they desire. And if you live the life you desire, you're going to automatically break those curses without focusing on them as much. So that's what I do. You can find me on Instagram at N Janine Gates. Um, that's the best place to find me because then you can be linked all other places. I love responding to my DMs. Please reach out to me. If you have questions about like running and how you get started, I have tips on that. I'm here to help. Like I said, I want to be your cheerleader. However, I can cheer for you. Please let me do that. Yeah. And I will say since I started, since I met you and I started following you on Instagram, I just love every day you put like a little reel up and you're just talking to the camera and you're just so real and authentic. <laughs> and I really respect that. And I really appreciate like the positivity because sometimes I mean, every day we all, we all need a reminder. We all need something to help encourage us to, along the way. And I think what you're doing is so valuable and so important to people because we need more people who are like, Hey, you don't have to live this life that you've been taught your whole life. You know mm -hmm. what you think, like there's so much more out there, so many possibilities. And we just have to find people that are going to lift us up and encourage us and give us just a little bit of a boost and power to make it through and be like, you know, I can do this. And so Thank you so much for everything that you do. And Thank I will you. be posting all of, I'll put your link and any other information down below so that people can go and just click directly over to you. And uh, you. yeah, make sure you go follow her. She's amazing. <laughs> and I also appreciate what you're doing because like diet is so, it's like we're, they prey upon women constantly of how we do these diets. How do we do this and how we lose weight? How do you just how do you look better? How do you look differently? And I appreciate you constantly showing up and like your, um, you do your grocery hauls, like you're showing people ways that you can eat food that's just life-giving and not so much of this diet or it has to look this way or that way. So I appreciate, like you talked about sweet potatoes recently. I'm not a big sweet potato person, or you talked about yams, one or the other, whatever it was, I'm not a big person, that. but just you're like, how do you eat in a way that feeds your soul and you still show up and you be you? And I think what you're doing is very, very important and you are transforming lives. So I appreciate your work as well. Oh, thank you so much. And you're welcome. I can't wait to have this out and I'll be posting all about you on social media as well. So thank you. I so can't much. wait to post about you too. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I will see you guys later. Bye. Thank you.